Scripture tells us there is coming a day when there will be a one-world economy controlled by the Antichrist. The reason this is so important is that a government that has total control of people's money will also have total control of people's lives. What do we see happening today that can take us in this direction? That's our topic now on Foreshadows Report. This is Steve Miller. Thank you for joining me for Foreshadows Report. This is a podcast in which we study Bible prophecy so that we can learn how to keep watch and find hope as we live in anticipation of Christ's return. In this episode, we're going to look at developments taking place today that could have a major role in making a one-world economy possible. In order for that to happen, there needs to be a way for the world's final government to control all financial transactions. One very likely means of making that happen is central bank digital currency, or CBDC. Interestingly, not many people know about CBDCs, but it's amazing how many governments around the world are on the path to making them reality. Let's find out more about central bank digital currency and how they could have an enormous impact on our lives. What is a central bank digital currency? Very simply, it is a digital national currency. It's money issued by the government in a digital form, and all the transactions for this currency are controlled by a central bank, which is a bank run by the government. Now, we already use money in digital form whenever we use our credit card, debit cards, prepaid cards, and financial apps. But these digital forms of money are not created or controlled by the government. Rather, they are connected with financial institutions and banks. But with a central bank digital currency, it is the government who is directly responsible for creating the money and making it possible to carry out the financial transaction. It's the government who handles your digital funds and transactions not a company or a credit union or a bank. Most of the world's governments are already working toward developing a central bank digital currency. There are now 131 countries involved in one way or another in experimenting with or using central bank digital currency. So far, only 16 countries have already launched a central bank digital currency. That doesn't sound like a lot. But two of those countries are China and India, which have huge population. There are 39 more countries at the pilot stage, which means they are relatively close to being able to launch the currency. And there are many more countries at the experimental stage. At the rate that central bank digital currencies are being developed, it won't be long before most of the world is using them. What's more, Organizations like the International Monetary Fund, 
are putting a lot of pressure on governments to adopt central bank digital currencies. They say this will help streamline transactions between countries, and many government leaders are in favor of central bank digital currencies because it gives the government the ability to exercise more control over the economy. What's scary about central bank digital currencies is that they can serve as a very powerful surveillance tool and they can be used to control a country's population. For a long time, when the government wanted information about someone, it would go to a bank or a credit card company or a financial institution and ask for that person's record. But with a central bank digital currency, because the government controls the central bank, all your records would automatically be in the government's hands. Every transaction you make would instantly show up in a government database. You would have no privacy, no confidentiality. The government can keep a direct eye on how you are using your money. And with a central bank digital currency, a government would have the ability to restrict or control your transaction. When a government issues a central bank digital currency, it provides people and businesses with a digital wallet. Then all of your income and expenses would go through that wallet. That wallet would be in the hands of the central bank. And remember that central banks are run by the government. Because it is the central bank that carries out your transaction, it is also able to open or close your digital wallet. That gives the government the ability to open or close your account. One of the big dangers of central bank digital currencies is that they give a government the ability to immediately freeze a person's financial resources. The government would also be able to impose fines on people or even confiscate their money. When you use cash, you can use it however you wish. But a central bank is able to program how its digital currency is used. It can exercise complete control over how you use your funds. The technology is available to program a digital currency so that it cannot be used for unapproved expenditures. Central bank digital currencies offer the potential to be one of the most powerful surveillance tools ever. Your financial transactions reveal a lot of information about you. With central bank digital currencies, every part of your life that involves money would be part of the government record. If you've ever wondered why cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are so popular, it's because transactions can be kept confidential. But the government doesn't like that. It wants all transactions to be transparent. One of the arguments that governments give for changing over to a central bank digital currency is so that they can make sure people are paying their taxes correctly. And CBDCs would make it much more difficult for people to engage in illegal transactions. But there are big downsides to a central bank digital currency. For example, governments can use CBDCs to repress political parties or special interest groups or religious organizations that it doesn't like. And if you happen to take a stand that goes against the government in some way, it can freeze your account. A vivid example of this happened a couple years ago in Canada. You'll remember that in February 2022, 
Prime Minister Justin Trudeau froze the bank accounts of individuals and companies that protested against COVID mandates. Not only would a central bank digital currency make it easier for a government to freeze your account, the government would also be able to impose fines and penalties in real time. If the government wants you to spend your money in a certain way and you don't do it, then it could charge a fine. In order to avoid that fine, you would have to cooperate and do whatever it is the government wants you to do. The government would also be able to put restrictions on your purchases. You'll remember that during the COVID lockdown, many store shelves were empty. Because supply lines were affected, stores were not getting stocked. For this reason, stores imposed restrictions on how much of anything you could buy. In a similar way, a central bank digital currency would give the government the ability to limit what you are permitted to buy. The government can also use central bank digital currencies to reward some people and punish others. Ultimately, it's a very powerful way for a government to exercise control over its population. What's interesting is that the biggest fans of central bank digital currencies are authoritarian governments. Countries with dictators are at the forefront of launching CBDCs. The Human Rights Foundation estimates that 46% of the world's population live in totalitarian countries that are either researching or have already launched a central bank digital currency. China has the most advanced central bank digital currency program in the world. Not everyone is part of the network yet. It's still rolling out. But right now, about 260 million are part of it, with more to come. We have to keep in mind that China is run by a totalitarian government that exercises very tight control over its people. China has a poor human rights record, and there are few civil liberties. The Chinese government is known for using its state banking system to conduct surveillance over people. For example, Back in 2019, when China was taking over Hong Kong, protesters in Hong Kong were afraid to pay for their metro tickets using debit and credit card. They didn't want the Chinese government to track them down. They knew that if they paid for their tickets digitally, the transaction would reveal they had been at the site of a protest and they could be arrested. Currently, China uses a social credit system to help control its people. In all the places where this social credit system has rolled out, Chinese citizens are monitored in a variety of ways. Surveillance cameras, the police, and neighbors are all keeping a watch on everyone. If you behave, your social credit score goes up. If you don't follow the government's expectations, your score goes down. Those with a high score can receive perks, and those with a low score can be denied certain services. This social credit system is linked to many of the travel services in China. If you have a low credit score, then you can be forbidden from using trains or airplanes. In the year 2018, people were banned from buying train and airplane tickets a total of 23 million times. 
In relation to the social credit system, back in 2018, the Supreme People's Court of China put out the saying, once untrustworthy, always restricted. This gives some idea of how the Chinese Communist Party puts fear in people's hearts in order to get them to cooperate. And a central bank digital currency is one very powerful way for government to get people to cooperate. What about other countries in the world? What do we see happening elsewhere? Australia spent a year doing research and a report released from Australia's central bank in 2023, said that given the many issues that are yet to be resolved, any decision on a CBDC in Australia is likely to be some years away. The Bank of Japan did two years of research on a central bank digital currency. It has already started up a pilot program that will test the use of CBDCs for three years. For now, the transactions will be between institutions only and not between retailers and consumers. Because Japan has the fourth largest economy in the world, this will give significant exposure to central bank digital currencies. The European Central Bank has carried out a two-year investigation on the use of CBDC. On November 1st, 2023, just a little over two months ago, the European Central Bank moved to the preparation stage, which will last for two years. During this time, the bank will look for providers that can develop a digital euro platform. Then two years from now, the bank is hoping to determine how to roll out a digital euro. In March 2023, a two-year investigation appointed by the government of Sweden concluded that Sweden does not need a central bank digital currency. But Sweden's central bank said that we must be prepared if other countries in our neighborhood go ahead with the introduction of a central bank digital currency. The central bank in Brazil will launch its digital currency this year and will use it to settle transactions between banks. The hope is that by the end of 2024, the public will begin using this digital currency in limited applications. In the U.S., while research continues to move forward, there has been some pushback. There's a concern that the current banking system is such a big contributor to the economy that it wouldn't make sense to change over too quickly. Instead, there is talk that it's likely CBDCs and other means of carrying out transactions will exist side by side for a while. So while the globe is marching in the direction of CBDC and governments are actively researching and launching them, it could take a while for them to become more universal. My guess is that eventually a global crisis will come along that puts pressure on government to go all out on central bank digital currency. In the same way that COVID changed the world of healthcare, my guess is that a global economic collapse could change the financial world. In my previous podcast, I talked about how the world debt crisis could possibly lead to such a collapse. If that were to happen, it could affect the way banking is done. In an effort to make sure a collapse never happens again, governments may try to take complete control over their economy 
by handing that control over to their central banks. And that, in turn, could lead more governments to force their citizens to use central bank digital currencies. Let's look at what some key people have said about central bank digital currencies. Some of these statements come from those who support CBDCs, and others come from those who are concerned about the danger of government-controlled digital currency. The deputy managing director of the International Monetary Bank is quoted as saying, By programming a CBDC, money can be precisely targeted for what people can own and what people can do. The general manager for the Bank of International Settlements says, We don't know who's using a $100 bill today, and we don't know who's using a 1,000 peso bill today. The key difference with the CBDC is the central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. Interestingly enough, Jerome Powell, who is the current chair of the Federal Reserve, has said, we would not want a world in which the government sees in real time every money transfer that anyone makes with a CBDC. Alex Glastein at the Human Rights Foundation says, in a fully implemented CBDC system, governments could financially exclude individuals or entire groups of people with the press of a button, leaving them with nothing. Tom Immer, who is in the U.S. House of Representatives, says that not only would this CBDC model centralize Americans' financial information, leaving it vulnerable to attack, but it could also be used as a surveillance tool that Americans should never tolerate from their own government. And former U.S. Representative Justin Amash says, a digital U.S. currency would be one of the most dangerous developments in history. When government can simply flip a switch to block all your transactions, it controls your entire life. We need a wall of separation between money and state. I'd like to close with a couple thoughts and a look at scripture. Everyone needs money to survive, and a government that controls access to your finances will be able to control everything about your life. Imagine a world in which you are told the ways you can or cannot use your money, a world in which you're not allowed to use your central bank digital currency to support a pro-life organization or to give an offering to your church, a world in which if you do something the government doesn't like, your account can be frozen or your money can be confiscated. That's just a small taste of what's going to happen during the end time. We know from Revelation 13, verses 16 and 17, that during the tribulation, the Antichrist will set up a one-world economy over which he had total control, and it will be the Antichrist's right-hand man, the false prophet, who causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead, so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is, the mark of the beast. As I shared in my podcast on what to watch for in 2024, 
I don't think it is the mark itself that will inherently control people's access to their money. The mark will simply confirm whether you are loyal to the Antichrist or a traitor. Then the government will know whether to open or close your digital wallet. It's the central bank that will push the button and decide whether you can buy and sell or not. The closer we get to the end times, the closer we will get to a one-world economy. But it's very possible that there won't be a one-world economy in place before the tribulation. We know from scripture that Christians will be removed from the earth in the rapture, and the rapture will take place before the tribulation. Even though we see the puzzle pieces coming together now, the puzzle probably won't be completed until sometime during the tribulation. It's looking very likely that central bank digital currencies will play a major role in making a one-world economy possible. These digital currencies are being used by more and more countries, so the building stones for creating a one-world economy are coming together. The good news is that the Antichrist one-world economy won't last long. It will be completely destroyed during the final judgments of the tribulation and when Christ returns at his second coming. All the deceit, manipulation, and control exercised by the Antichrist through his economic system will be wiped out forever. And from then onward, those of us who know salvation through Christ the Savior will live in a world ruled by Christ the King, a world in which, according to Isaiah 35, the desert will blossom abundantly, and waters will break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert, the burning sands shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. This tells us that Christ's future kingdom on earth will be filled with abundance. It will be prosperous. We will have everything we need. We won't have to worry about how to survive. God will provide for us in ways we cannot imagine. And for that, we can be thankful. Thank you for joining me for Foreshadows Report. If you're finding these podcasts informative, I hope you'll encourage others to listen along as well. We're going to continue covering important topics for the times in which we live and learning what that means for us as Christians. In this episode, I talked about the path our world is taking toward a one-world economy. I cover this topic in my book, Foreshadows, as well. In fact, Foreshadows looks at 12 major clues that confirm for us that Jesus' return is nearer than ever. If you've wanted to have a better understanding of what we can expect as we draw closer to the end time, you'll want to consider getting a copy of Foreshadow. To find out more details about the book, you can go to my website, themillerresources.com. And if you're interested in staying in touch daily to know about what's happening in the world, you can do so by subscribing to Foreshadow's report on Telegram Messenger channel. You can also access my daily posts by going to my website and clicking on the link there to Telegram. That's at themillerresources.com. Go to the home page and scroll to the bottom. 
and there you'll see a link to my daily post. Thank you again for taking the time to listen, and I want to give a big thank you to Harvest House Publishers for supporting this podcast. <laughs>